Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome or welcome back to the Manifesting Gaia podcast, your source for all things spiritual and all things debunking. If you are listening to the show on any podcasting platform that allows you to rate the show, please give five stars and subscribe to the show if possible, and follow my social medias, my YouTube channel, where I teach all about manifestation and how to create your life and quantum jump and raise your vibration and all of that. Um, is Manifested Finesse. It'll be in the show notes and my TikTok and my Twitter are at Manifesting Gaia. And if you could comment or on one of my social medias and tell me that you came from my podcast because I never know if people find this on their own or they find it from my other social medias, which in any case, I don't really care. But like, I think it's interesting to see if people just found this podcast randomly and just started listening to it. Um, something that I didn't mention in my last episode is with Spotify wrapped. Um, I don't know where the screenshots are, but I was, I, I have to find, I should have, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but, um, Spotify wrapped is basically when you can see the analytics of your show, I can see how many people, like this show was their number one show for the year. Um, how many, like my most streamed episode, um, a lot of stuff. So I want to say thank you because a lot of y'all, this was your number one show. So that means a lot to me that it means a lot. Um, thank you. Anyways, <laughs> today's episode, I will talk about it in the next episode because I didn't even, I should have planned for it better. But um, today's episode is going to be about attachment and why we attach to people, specifically people, obviously like situations and, you know, specifically relationships. Um there's going to be a lot about romantic relationships and a little bit of friendships and obviously your parental relationships and how you grew up. Um, if feelings come up and you feel like crying during this episode, that is okay. Please let whatever comes through, come through. Um, maybe journal. I would say grab a journal right now. Grab a piece of paper. Grab something. Just write down how you're feeling or write down what triggered you. Um, triggered not in a bad way not like made you mad but like this made me feel some type of way I would write it down and then reflect but we're just gonna get into it okay I'm finally gonna be talking about attachment styles because I've hinted at them um in my other episodes but now I'm making a full episode on them and I hope you know this clears some stuff up so young children cannot rely on themselves okay it's pretty obvious they need someone to dress them and feed them and bathe them and everything so as children we rely on our caregivers to soothe us for emotional mental and physical stimulation right okay so a lot of our caretakers couldn't give that to us a lot of our caretakers were emotionally unavailable or abusive mentally physically emotionally everything verbally you know, or we just didn't have stable caretakers, whatever. So we seek the things that we didn't have in our childhood and other people, usually in unhealthy ways. Okay. If you're seeking something you didn't receive, it's usually going to be unhealthy and you're usually going to seek it in love. Sometimes friendships, you know, sometimes whatever, but usually it's going to be romantically. Okay. And since everyone and their mamas is traumatized, the person next to you doesn't know how to give you what you want either because they didn't receive it either. And they're also seeking out something. Everybody's seeking something, but nobody knows how to give it. 
So that's how you end up in a toxic relationship because you're looking for something in someone that isn't capable of giving it to you. And so then you're getting upset and then they're getting upset because you're getting upset and you're unfulfilled. And then that's how you end up in codependent or completely dependent relationships. You're dependent on somebody or y'all are both depending on each other, but also not getting your own cups filled because y'all cups are empty as well. So not only do I believe that you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else, that is so true. People don't think so, but you look at codependent relationships, people that don't love themselves. I was in that relationship. I didn't have no self-worth. I don't say, I wouldn't say I didn't love myself, but I didn't know my worth. I didn't value myself. I didn't care. Not purposely, but it just came up. Like it was obvious. Like, you know, you stay in situations that aren't healthy because you don't value yourself or love yourself enough to leave them. But I also do think you have to heal yourself before you can love others. Because like I said, like, you know, people be having kids that aren't healed and then be traumatizing the kids or people who don't love themselves. Um, you can only meet somebody at the level that they've met themselves. That is so true. Again, I talk about my my past relationship all the time, but like, that was so true. Like, I was always questioning, like, why can't he just change for me, blah, blah, blah. because he don't want to change for himself. Like, and it was so obvious. Like, the way he talked about himself, he could care less if he lived or died. But I cared so much. Like, I was like, you know, I want you with me. Like, you know, whatever. And he didn't care. And I thought it was because of me. Like, you know, I I have everything. Like, I give you everything. Like, I offer you everything. Like, you know, why am I not enough? And it wasn't about me. Like, the, he hasn't met himself at a level where he is enough for himself. So how can you meet me at a level where he's enough for himself? So I do. I do believe that you need to love yourself and heal yourself in order to love and heal somebody else. And only you can love and heal you. Like I said, I loved like I loved him so much, but like that wasn't enough. That doesn't my love for him doesn't touch him. Like nobody else's love or healing can touch you in a way that yours will touch you. And nobody else's love or healing can heal you in a way that your own love and healing can heal you. So there are three main attachment styles. We have avoidant attachment, anxious attachment, and secure attachment. You can look them all up for details or symptoms or whatever. I'm going to be going into it, but you know, if you want a more researched, um, yeah, researched, <laughs> researched, um, like details, um, you can look them up. So I'm going to start with anxious attachment style, which is a very, very popular. A lot of people are anxiously attached or have this attachment style. But anxious attachment style is an attachment style where the person who is the anxious attachment is never satisfied or fulfilled emotionally. Okay. They need reassurance all the time, all the time. Again, I'm going to be coming at this from a romantic, like, partner type of you but this can also be true for like friendships too. you may be this way in friendships but even when they get reassurance it's not enough they always fear their partners or friends leaving them for someone else or just in general just leaving them in general because they don't think they're good enough they're like they'll find somebody better than me or i'm not good enough or i'm not outgoing enough or i'm not funny enough okay they always fear being left. So because of that, they're very clingy. They are very, very clingy. I saw this one TikTok of this girl. And no tea, no shade. Like, I never really hate. Like, I, you know, do your thing. But she didn't have a job. So she didn't work. But her boyfriend did. And he worked at, like, a gas station convenience store. And in the TikTok, she was basically sharing how 
she parked her car outside of the store, like right at the front doors, and just waited in the car for her boyfriend's entire shift to finish. And it was an eight hour shift. And she did nothing but like go on her phone and sleep, like take a nap. And like watching him just the whole time. And people were in the comments like, girl, like do something else. Like you can get a job or go to the library or like work on hobbies. Like, you know, do like, you know, do what you love. Like, why are you waiting for a man outside? And when he gets off his shift, he's going to come right back to you. Like he's not going nowhere. He has to work. And yeah, like all the comments were like that. And she was like 16, 17, 18. Well, she wasn't in school. I'm assuming she was like 18, but like she was very, very young, really young girl. And, you know, people were like, don't waste your life, especially if you're that young in a relationship, like don't waste your life on this relationship. And the thing with like anxious attachment, people with anxious attachment styles is like, they will go to war. Like they will defend, like she wasn't, she wasn't, she was just like, I don't remember if she ever responded, but like what a response from her would look like would be like, no, I just love him. Like, I just love him. I don't mind. Like, I love him. Like, I just need to, I want to live in his skin. Like, he's my man. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they have an excuse and they usually justify it with like, it's because I love them, but their love is really just attachment. I'm attached to them. I depend on this person for happiness or I like, yeah, I depend on this person for my happiness. And it's like, she had to like watch him work. And yeah, you get it. So with um, anxious attachment styles, their childhood may have looked like, but is not limited to, okay. One of their parents may have walked out early on or they had a parent that was very in and out. So they would leave and then come back for a few months and be the best parent ever when they were around and then leave again for a few months or years, or maybe they like would send a birthday card once and a call once and then show up once and then when they did show up they might have promised to never leave like or apologize like i'm so sorry for not being a good mom a good dad like i'm here to stay this time and then leave like if you ever watched shameless um monica gallagher is a good example of that um or maybe they had parents who divorced early growing up um so they were very young and they watched their parents split up and you know um maybe they moved a lot so maybe there's like a military parent or something or a parent that was never financially stable or whatever. So they never really stayed. They never stayed in the same city or state or country for a long time. Maybe they moved once a year. So they never really made like permanent friends. They're always at a new school, new friends, or maybe they just like changed schools. Like I know some people were in high school. They're like, I went to like three high schools or four high schools. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yeah. Or they had experiences with foster care um, never really had like a stable family or maybe they grew up with narcissistic or emotionally unstable or unavailable parents who specifically use punishments like the silent treatment um, or when they were mad, they would give the silent treatment to their child. So if they were mad at their child, they wouldn't talk to the child for days, weeks, months on end. And the child would be like, what did I do? And they wouldn't understand. And nine out of 10, their love language of an attachment or anxious attachment is physical touch. Um, sometimes a little bit with a mix of quality time, but especially physical touch. They love, they need to be touching, they need to be on them, holding them, holding their hand, like, you know, want to cuddle all the time. Like, yeah. 
So, also just a PSA. I'm not using sources. Like, this is information coming straight from me. Um, I've studied attachment styles heavily. And honestly, I just didn't feel like looking up what I already know. Um, but again, like, if you are like, oh, I want, like, a source thing. Like, you can look it up yourself. Like, Google's free. You know, YouTube, TikTok, like, whatever you want to do. I just, I just know. I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I mean, this is my show. So, <laughs> yeah, with um, anxious attachment style, basically, if you could tell with the examples I gave, like, it's very much they had, didn't have stability growing up, especially with, like, divorce and psychology. When I studied developmental psych, um, with divorce, a big thing is, like, children don't have analytical minds. So, you know, they can't understand that their parents are divorcing because um, they don't love each other anymore. The child is just confused, and they usually blame it on themselves. And it especially affects a younger child because younger children don't have a say in it. So they kind of feel helpless. And then that's also kind of why they blame themselves is like, I couldn't stop it or whatever. Um, obviously with foster care, like not having stability or always, you know, thinking you found a st like a stable caretaker and then they leave. Or obviously with a parent, like you know, walking out that too, like you get scared of abandonment. So lots of abandonment issues going on. That's the biggest thing with anxious attachments is like, they're scared of their partner, like, which is why they constantly need the reassurance. Like, do you really love me? Like, do you really with me? That's why that girl needs to be like at her man's job is because like she, I'm not thinking for her, but like a situation like that, it's very much like, you know, I need to know what he's doing. I need to, you know, I need to be with him. I need to know, like, if I'm not seeing him doing what he's supposed to be doing, or, you know, if I'm not hearing it all the time, like it's not, I don't believe it or, you know, you know, Okay, <laughs> so anxious attachment styles lean towards more toxic relationships because it mirrors and mimics the experiences they had in their childhood with their guardians, okay? So especially when I said that maybe they grew up with a parent who used silent treatment, um, it's because they were never, like I said, with anxious attachments, they never, a big a big thing for them is like, they overthink how their partner feels, right? Like they're they're never set. Even if they say everything's good, they always feel like there's some something wrong. Like, oh, you're mad at me. You're mad at me. Like, what's wrong? So, because their parents, they were never felt sure how their parents felt about them. But the only difference between the parental relationship that an anxious attachment style might have grown up in and a romantic one is they are looking for the stability and emotional fulfillment they didn't have when they were a child. But since they never actually experienced it and they're not healed, they can't even fathom the idea of a human being actually being down to stay. Like, like they'll never, even if like their partner is giving them everything in the world, they'll never be satisfied because they just can't believe it because their mommy and daddy couldn't give it to them, right? So I've had, I've been involved or experienced anxious attachment styles and it's exhausting. And I'm an avoidant attachment, which we'll get into in a minute. But it is so, um, and I'm working on becoming more secure because obviously that's something I want to be. But for me, an avoidance, if you can tell by the name, is like I avoid, I avoid that kind of stuff. Like I will leave an anxious attachment style. Like I will leave them and not like not care because, and I know that does then that makes it worse. Because, like, they obviously have the abandonment issues. But it gets to be too much. You shouldn't be trying to convince the person that you're with 
that you actually like them or that you're not going to leave them because like them somebody asking me like every day like are you gonna leave me you're gonna leave me you're gonna leave me it's like okay then i will like i keep like what do you want me to do like i'm here and it's not enough and i know it's not the anxious attachment style's fault but like i said also if you're not taking responsibility for your own healing like it's not nobody else can heal you like nobody else can make you believe that they're gonna stay it's about security within yourself and obviously if you follow law of assumption you know about self-concept like then you know especially when it comes to specific people like it's not about the other person it's never about the other person we do things for ourselves if you do not believe that you are loved or worthy or chosen then nobody else can convince you even if you have it in your face you will never accept it so like I, yeah so i don't think that you should be in a relationship where you're trying to convince the other person that you actually love them and if they keep asking you for it and it's never enough they need to work on themselves because it's not reassurance they're like, oh, I just need reassurance. It's like, you don't need that shit every hour. It's like, it's your traumas. Because if you ask an anxious attachment style, like, yo, like, why do you keep saying I'm going to leave you even though I've never done anything to show you? Like, I'm with you every day. Like, what else, you know? They'll be like, I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like, I, I just feel like it. It's like, that's why people need to heal. Because hurt people hurt people, okay? And... You hurt people by trying to force things you're not ready for. Like, you're not ready for a romantic relationship. You don't need to be in a relationship every five seconds. And anxious attachment styles are the type to be in relationships every five seconds. Or, yeah. Um, they, it's like they need, they need someone. They need, need, need someone. So, next is avoidant attachment style, which is what I am. It's the complete opposite of an anxious attachment style. I think a lot of therapists I know are, I think my therapist is, I think, I, I don't remember. I think so. And then there's one therapist from Sex Life, I know she is, because I was just on her live the other week. But yes. So the avoidant attachment fears or just doesn't want intimacy, okay? They don't like uncomfortable conversations or communication relationships and when things start to get difficult or things start to get easy flowing, they run. Okay. The second the money, the honeymoon phase is over, they leave. Okay. So the avoidant attachment style may have short, short relationships. So they're usually the type of people that are always in relationships, like always in one month, two month, three month relationships, like the very short, like once the honeymoon phase is over, it never lasts. You're like, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I just can never be in a long-term relationship. Um, they're very hyper-independent. Hyper-independent is different from regular independence because regular independence is more so being secure within yourself. Like, you know, you know, if anything ever happens, I'm good. Like I got myself hyper-independent. It's like, I don't need anybody. Now, you can be independent, but still, you know, ask for help. Like, yo, like, can you just teach me how to do this? And then when when I get it done, I got it. Hyper-independent is like, I don't care if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm not asking anybody for help. You know, you could be carrying, like, 10 suitcases, and somebody's like, do you need help with that? And you're clearly struggling, but you're like, no, I don't need nobody's help. Like, that was me. <laughs> Other signs is... They use humor to cope with very serious things. Like, that was that's also me. Like, you know, um, I told y'all in my last episode, like, my house burned down. I kind of just, like, whooshed over it because I don't, like, I don't really like having those, like, uncomfortable, like, I don't like people focusing on me being too sad for too long. 
you know, they're, yeah, they use humor to cope. They laugh about very serious things, like about death or like, obviously not, usually not somebody else's, like usually like if their sister died or something, like they'll be like, haha, like whatever. They shut down during confrontation, during confrontations or fights. Like if they're in a relationship or something, like this is also me. Like when I, everything is me, like everything I'm saying is me. Um, so if it's like, I am in a conflict with a partner and I don't like to argue. I don't scream. I don't fight. I just shut down. I'm just like, okay. Or like I stop. Or if I, if I, if, okay, if my partner does something to hurt me, I'm not the type to be like, hey, that really hurt me, which I, I, like I said, I'm working on everything, but I'm not the type to be like, hey, that really hurt me. I'm the type to just like be mad and get an attitude and stop talking. Like I just go silent. And my partner's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. They're like, well, you're obviously mad. I'm like, nothing. Because I don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. I don't like the confrontation. I don't want to talk about my feelings. Like, I'm just mad. <laughs> um, so I push, I like, I avoid, I push, you know, away any type of intimacy or serious conversations. They usually don't like being touched or they might not like hugs. Also, nobody knows what they're up to. Like, they don't tell people their plans. This is very me. And I'm going to get into this in a minute. But, like, you never know what they're doing. You never know where they're working. You never, like, they'll they'll just post on social media that they're in Italy. And you didn't even know. And you just saw them last week. And they didn't bring it up or didn't tell you. Okay? So, for their childhood, their childhood might have looked like not receiving hugs or love or affection from their caretakers. Like, never receiving an I'm, I'm proud of you. Or never really, you know, never getting affection. When they cried, or if they were, um, if their caretaker made them cry, they were left by themselves. Nobody really came to comfort them. Um, and they had to regulate their own nervous system. Like, they had to be the one to make themselves stop crying because nobody was there to do it for them. Which I've stated many, many times before, children literally cannot do that. They're not programmed to be able to regulate their own nervous system. Okay, so for me, there was a lot of that. I had an emotionally unstable father who shouldn't have had kids. I don't think any of my parents should have had kids. Well, I only have two, but I don't think my parents should have had kids. And I don't have time to go into that. That could be a whole, a whole episode by itself of why I think so. But so for my father, every little thing set him off, like a piece of paper on the ground or the way that I wrote, you know, I had bad handwriting as a child because every child has shitty handwriting, but that would get him mad and he'd like make me erase the whole thing that I spent hours doing and redo everything. Even if I told him like the teacher isn't checking the homework, he'd be like, I don't care. It's sloppy. It's ugly. Like redo it. Like, but, but he was yelling, like I, I'm talking calm, but it was like yelling and I would be crying and, and he obviously wouldn't. Like, be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you. He'd keep yelling. Then he'd be like, stop crying. Like, why are you crying? Just just do what I say. Like, it was very like that. Like, he had a very unhealthy obsession with power, being in control. And he made me cry all the time and didn't really care. So that shot my nervous system so bad. So imagine, like, that happening for, like, from like ages six to 12, six to 14 or six, yeah, six to 13. Like every single time I want to cry, he's yelling at me. Okay. And my system is still messed up. So if you cry, 
when you express your feelings like if you start saying talking about things that hurt you and before you even get words out your eyes start tearing up and you start choking up i want to bet <laughs> that you had a similar experience for me i choke up when i have to express my emotions to men with positions of power or men with authority so police officers or principals i never had a man principal but or like teachers coaches bosses like if you are if you're a man and i have to express like something that hurt me not even that they did like it could literally be like a problem i remember one time i had a job like three years ago and it was this girl and she was just causing me so many problems and just like i don't want to say bullying but yeah like she was just she was being rude and and she had like she was like one level higher than me so i went to her boss and I try to tell him like what she was doing, and I literally choked up and started crying. Like, I, but t like if I talk to any woman about it, I could be like, yeah, can you believe her? Like this. But I talked to him, and I literally look like choking up because I like, couldn't even talk to him because I like when it comes to men who have positions of power, it's like standing up to my father or it's like talking to my father as a child, and that triggers me. Emotions are not meant to be stored in the body. Um, forcing yourself to stop laughing or stop crying isn't normal, especially crying i understand laughing sometimes like laughing in serious situations like yeah you have to like but especially crying like there's a reason those stuff are not control controllable like there's a reason that stuff like just happens because it's meant to be released trauma gets stored in the body and your emotions are meant to be released okay so for me when i said like usually they don't like hugs or touch like for me i did receive hugs like when my caretakers or kisses or like you know whatever but my problem was that the same excuse me the same people who would abuse me would also be the ones to come hug me like 10 minutes later you know what i mean especially like my mom she'd just like you know whatever and then she'd be like i'm sorry like do you want to hug or like can i hug you you know that one tiktok time chloe or courtney kardashian she's like she was at this like yoga center or something and the um instructor was like can i have a hug and courtney's like no no like that's me okay so with my mom she would like watch my i've talked about this before but she would like watch my dad abuse me like whether it was like him physically or verbally or emotionally like watch me break down and cry my heart out and then 10 minutes and she wouldn't she would watch it she would not say a word she wouldn't tell him to stop blah 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 and then she always says well i told him in private well obviously you didn't do much say much because he would do it again the next day but then she would come to me in private and be like oh my god it's okay like that's just how he is like your dad's crazy and it's like so as i grew older i grew to resent her because of that because it's like girl like you can't like, you can't do that, you know? Like, you never actually cared or you would have done what was right. You know what I mean? So, I hate being... T if, 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 if there's anybody I hate being touched more than in this world, it's my mother. I don't like being touched by her because my mind is messed up, right? Because she's, like, my abuser but tries to be my savior at the same time. And I don't believe that you can find healing in the same person or person's that caused you pain and abuse you because it doesn't make sense because if they were the healing person that they're trying to be they aren't that because they just abuse you like if they were capable of healing or being a good person they wouldn't have abused you in the first place clearly they're an abuser that's it like the, the i don't care if it's one time i don't care oh he just it was just a little hit he didn't mean to yes he did yes he did yes she did yes they did whatever 
So I don't really like being touched. Um, I don't mind consensual. It's kind of complicated for me. Like, it, it really depends. It really, really depends. But I don't really like being touched. I don't like being touched. I don't like being touched by family. I'm going to say that. I don't like being touched by family. Don't touch me. I don't like you. Okay. <laughs> um, and I avoid relations that get too intimate. Um, so this may look like for some people, some avoidance. It either looks like leaving the relationship completely when it gets too serious or just starting arguments for the sake of starting conflict to make it uncomfortable because it's the relationship has been too chill, right? So I will admit I have done both. I have left relationships or ghosted. I don't ghost no more, but I did a couple years ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, um, or like when I say starting conflicts, like sometimes I just start like arguments and then I, w- I remember, like, I would go home, like, I'd be a, a dude, like, I'd be with somebody, and then I'd go home, I'd be like, I don't know why I just started that argument, like, it doesn't make no sense, and it's because it, we were chill, because we didn't have no problems, because there wasn't no, because I'm so used to, I grew up in an environment where there was problems every day, like, me and my father yelled at each other every day, like, you know what I mean, like, I'm not used to, especially being with a man, and it's chill as hell, like, I have to start conflict, because I cannot handle this health. I cannot handle healthy. I don't know what healthy looks like. I never experienced healthy. And healthy is making me uncomfortable. You wanting to communicate instead of yelling at me makes me uncomfortable. Me having to communicate instead of shutting down like I did with my father makes me uncomfortable. And like I said about earlier when I said not really telling people about their plans, like you never know what they're doing. I don't think that's an avoidant attachment style trait. Maybe it is, but I was specifically talking about that for me um i don't tell people what i work on and what i do and that's for a reason okay there's really only one person in my life that knows i do this social media stuff and i didn't even tell him okay he found it on his own and i remember he found out and i was so upset i was like oh my god like uh. and obviously he's like really like he's not like a bad person like he's really like i'm so happy for you but i, I knew he would be i just i'm gonna tell you why okay so my parents specifically could not care less about anything I was doing in my life growing up if if it was not getting straight A's. Anything else was a waste of time or not maybe not a waste of time, but like I would never see the same reaction of anything that I was doing, even if I was prouder of it than getting a straight A. Like I had never seen the reaction of me getting a hundred on a test for anything else that I've ever done in my life, right? So and I, I'll never be able to put it into words because I know some baby boomers or some pick me's are gonna be like, well that's how it's supposed to be. Like your parents are supposed to be proud of you for getting straight A's and it's like you don't understand. Like nothing else in this world mattered to them. And I'm not a machine. I'm not a robot. We're only in school for five days a week for 10 months of the year. Like, what about the other two and a half months? Like, I have more goals than going to school. I was six years old. Like, I have a big-ass imagination. Like, you know, you could be a human being for five seconds. It, it, it's not going to kill you. But anyways, I digress. But yeah, so I shouldn't feel worthless unless I'm getting straight A's. That doesn't make, that, that, that's not normal. But that's how I felt, right? Okay. Mind you, my parents weren't shady. They're never shady students. The parents that will literally beat their child's ass because they got a 60, they were not. My father flunked community college 
but I got an 85. I remember, so when I was growing up, 85s out of 100. So the way I, I lived, it was you get whatever number out of 100. 85s were B minuses. So they were Bs, right? So I would get an 85, and I remember that so vividly because this happened all the time. The teacher would write good job because a B, B plus, B minus, B, like that's good. It's not a bad grade. And they would, you know, so they would write good job and like put a little sticker, like oh, whatever. And I would show my father, and he'd be like, "That's not good enough." And I'm like, "The teacher, the literal teacher, because that's not you." The teacher literally said, "I did good," and he'd be like, "I don't care what they're saying. They're lying to you. That's not good. 85 is not good. You need to have 100." Blah 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 blah. Even though I'm not in school anymore, it kind of just stuck with me that what I do isn't good enough to be shared because nothing I ever did was good enough. And I'm, because of that, I'm my own biggest critic. And since I'm not in school, it feels like whatever I'm doing isn't good enough. Isn't, isn't, like, I shouldn't be doing it. Like, I should be doing something more. Like, I always, like, I, I never got to have a break or I always had to work to be number one. And it's like, I feel like if I were, I, I've gotten better with this over the past year or two years, especially learning about divine feminine energy and everything but like if my ass isn't on the grind on the hustle i'm not good enough and y'all know i hate hustle culture i hate working like i don't want to work i don't want to go to school fuck that shit but like it's just, it's not for me and it's not normal and i don't believe that's what we were put on earth to do and i don't care if the whole world disagrees or say i'm spoiled or whatever i don't want to do it so i'm not gonna do it okay but at the same time i'm tr i'm trying to be more okay with that you know what i mean like growing up I could never that that can because my parents literally immigrated to America to go to school and work. So their mind has always been on hustle mode, always been on survival. Like we need to work, we need to work. You need to provide. We need to make money. You need to go to school. You need to get the shit. You got to get six diplomas. You got to become a doctor. It's like damn, like like you hear that? Like that does that even sound like for a child? Like for a six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year old? Like relax, relax. Like I just learned how like how to spell. Like I just had a spelling test you know, last week, like, why are you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so that's why I don't tell people stuff what I do is because I never feel like it's good enough or feel like I'm gonna get made fun of, whatever. So that's it about avoiding <laughs> attachments. Um, and lastly, we got secure attachments, okay? As I said, humans are born with the need, like, the, we're gonna get attached to people, okay? We're gonna get attached to our moms or dads, like, our friends, whatever, but not all attachment is good attachment, as clearly stated with these last two attachment styles. But there is healthy attachment. And this attachment style is called secure attachment, okay? So secure attachments usually grew up in non-dysfunctional homes, okay? They witnessed healthy relationships. They were gently parented. And there's this whole debate on social media, like, gentle parenting is stupid. Like, you need to beat your child to ass if they act up or they're never going to learn, first of all. When I, was inside <laughs> when I was in developmental psychology, we looked over, like, punishments and which ones actually, like, studied, like, scientifically studied, which ones were actually effective. It was, like, silent treatment, timeout, spanking, just talking. Silent treatment and, and spanking were the two, like, they had, like, zero. Like, they don't do anything. They don't teach a child anything. Uh, the one that was obviously the best was like talking it out or positive reinforcement which is like the more good your child does you reward them and when they do bad you don't you know what i mean you explain 
um, which is all we need is communication. But since everybody is traumatized and decides to have kids while being traumatized, they don't actually, you know. Anyway, that's besides the point. But but there's this whole debate on social media uh, that like gentle parenting is stupid. Like just talking, communicating doesn't do anything. You have to beat their ass, or they're not going to understand. And that is cannot be further from the truth. Okay, but secure attachments. Yes, they were usually like gentle parent, so their parents communicated. They had parents that didn't get pleasure from seeing their kids in pain. Like my father definitely got off by like seeing me cry, him having control, me submitting, which is weird. Like you're 40, 50, 60, like, and your child is 6, 11, 13. Like, the f I, ew, I, look, I'm gonna get mad <laughs> if I talk about it too much, but like, it's the weirdest kink to me that parents have like i need to see my child cry that makes me feel so good i need them to like bow down to me like they're your equal i believe that children are equal like you're like your child isn't your friend well they fucking should be because when they get older that's when parents want friends when you're 17 18 20 20 30 your parent your mom wants to be your bestie your dad wants to be your bestie like tell us like who are you dating who are you seeing do you want kids like girl i thought we weren't friends like you can't switch it up you can't go your whole life i'm not your little friend and then now that i'm older you want to be friends girl i hate you i hate you because you made me like you swore up and down we weren't friends you cannot switch up like that that's why i'm going to raise my child and just because my child is my friend doesn't mean i'm going to be a friend like, i'm going to be a good like discipline but it's like you can't trust is built trust takes time you can't you know make a child fear you and then be mad when they cut you off and don't want to talk to you and don't come around no more like you didn't create that safe environment so secure attachments usually have really good relationship with the parents they tell them everything they can talk to them blah blah blah, blah. in romantic relationships secure attachment communicates okay they have conversations when they when they're communicating with their partner they actually listen instead of just like talking to talk or just listening to talk um, they don't need to be with their partner 24-7. In fact, they like when them and their partner have separate times. They want their partners to have separate friend groups, have their own hobbies, and then they want to hear about it. But they don't need to, oh, why aren't you inviting me to your girls' night? Why can't I go with you to guys' night? It's like, because it's all guys, babe. It's all girls, babe. Like, you know, they want their partners to thrive without them, right? Um, they don't take everything as an attack because they're not in survival mode, right? So if them and their partner have an argument, they don't get in their head and like an anxious attachment and they're not like, they wanna break up with me, like we're arguing and if we're not good, they're gonna think about somebody else or they're not gonna be like an avoidant attachment style and be like, okay, we're arguing, I have to leave because you know I, I have to leave that before they leave me. No, they understand that couples fight and that doesn't mean that love changes, okay? So there's this account on Instagram, and their handle is at the secure relationship, and it will be in the show notes. But they give a um they give examples of all the attachment styles. Like they'll take a problem, like how I just did, right? They'll take a problem like you and your partner get in a fight, and they'll have like this is how anxious reacts to it, this is how avoidant attached uh act reacts to it, and this is how secure reacts to it and i'll okay so i'll read you the most recent post i'll see what they posted today but their account is literally amazing so the last thing they posted is attachment friendly boundaries sound like so secure attachment like this is what they would say so they have three the first one is 
You and this relationship mean everything to me. That's why I have to walk away when you say something mean. It's my way of protecting what we have. Versus an avoidant attachment like me. Like, I would just walk away. Like, I don't have time for that. I would just shut down. Or an anxious attachment. Instead of saying that, they would kind of freak out and assume, like, the relationship is over. Okay, second thing they have is, I can't feel safe and close to you when I can't trust your words. Something needs to change. So if you have an, an anxious attachment style, you should say that instead of being like, I feel like you're going to leave me. Like, I can't feel safe and close to you when I can't trust your words, right? And then the third one they have is, I know how much you need to be heard and I can handle you telling me about your anger, but I can't hear you when it's coming at me in a condescending tone. I need to feel respected in order to be open with you. Can we try it differently? That's all beautiful. That is a beautiful 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 but yeah like that account is really good i recommend that they have like a million followers i don't even know how i found them but i did you should definitely check it out to become more self-aware obviously they give you like ways to change your attachment styles and things to say differently or do differently um that you can use towards becoming more secure especially if you're in a current romantic relationship or and you know have good friends or close friends like show your partner as well like hey like this is what we need to work on or this is what i'm working on you know have them hold you accountable whatever okay so the reason why this is so i'm trying to write like 40 minutes 43 minutes and i don't want to i don't think i can upload an episode over an hour so if it does go over an hour i'm going to have to split it into two but i i don't know i have like 16 more minutes so we'll see okay so the reason why it's so connected to romantic relationships is because you look for your childhood in your partner i don't care if you don't want to believe it it is what it is you are looking for familiarity we are always attached to our parents our parents are our biggest attachment they're who we attach to first we're looking for it we're looking for it we're looking for it we're looking part of it is our our present day selves are looking for the fulfillment like like i said like i obviously had a father who just yelled at me and treated me like crap like i don't want that in a partner like i want somebody who can bring me peace but at the same time like with my last partner he was my dad reincarnated as my boyfriend which sounds weird <laughs> but it, that's literally what it was like he yelled at me belittled me he but he was like an actual narcissist i always say i don't think my dad's a narcissist he was just emotionally unstable but like very similar traits very very similar traits and and like it mirrored me and that's why i stayed because it was familiar and i didn't want it like i hated the way he talked to me like i always say like treat me different but you know didn't really work <laughs> so you do search for it which is why this is so closely like related to like your childhood so how do we change it how do we heal we're like yo i'm an attached i'm a i'm an anxious or i'm an avoidant and i want to be secure number one is therapy definitely helps a bunch a bunch a bunch there are so many activities to do and you know talk to a professional like someone who understands like you know so for me i'm like an avoidant and obviously told my therapist we do stuff like you know we try to find the location what childhood wound does this bring up or you know why do i act like this or okay and then it's like okay maybe maybe i'll start accepting help so one thing i'm trying to do more is accept help you know, somebody says, can I help you with that? Even if I don't, if I generally don't need help, like saying yes anyways, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm hyper independent. So letting people help me or letting people compliment me or whatever, obviously like keep your boundaries. Like for me, if I don't want to be touched, I'm not going to say, okay, just because I want to be more secure. Like that's just something I really genuinely don't like. 
Um, but you know what I mean? So for like anxious, maybe like keep a journal, like talk to yourself, like, you know, or, you know, breath work. Like if you feel like, oh my God, we're in a fight, like we're going to break up or, you know, I'm fighting with my friends, like they're going to kick me out the friend group, like breathe, journal, like what is this bringing up? Like what memory, like abandonment from your dad, your mom, um, whatever, like, you know, working on it. Um, so yeah, doing that, something I do personally is an avoidant. I'll notice myself, um, you know, pulling back and trying to not communicate. Like, I'm, like, upset. And then I find myself, like, oh, I'm so mad and not saying it. And the person's like, what? Like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? And then I catch myself and I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to communicate. And then I'm, I'm doing a lot better. I'm doing a lot better. And I am. I have met someone recently who, um, they're really good. They're, like, everything. They're really, really good. Really, really good. And I haven't told them, like, I know, I, I just thought about this just now, but, like, they're, like, they're very big on, like, yo, like, communicate, like, tell me, like, what's wrong, like, they're very reassuring, like, are you okay? So I think this will be good. Um, we're just friends, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, and like I said, I don't think you should put your healing on somebody else. Like, I'm not gonna be, like, oh my god, he's gonna be the, the person who's gonna heal my avoidance. Like, no, but it's, like, if he is more secure in that way then you know i'm gonna utilize it i'm gonna like you know he's gonna you know i'm gonna use him as a crutch like you know because he reminds me like hey communicate so yeah but i recommend therapy the most because i don't know i love therapy i think it's so fun um i don't know <laughs> um but yeah that is the attachment styles those are the attachment styles that is why we attach we're looking for fulfillments um for the unhealthy and then the secure it's just secures are just like we're gonna attach it anyways but like i said there's a difference between healthy and unhealthy so yeah and that is all i have for this episode i hope you got a lot from it it's really long but i don't know i could talk about attachment styles all day um if feelings that come up or you're like i relate to that um you know i'm sending you love and I hope that you do research and if you do go into therapy, let me know. I hope it's fun. Um, if you're still dealing with like your triggers or like, you know, like I said, like for me, like my, obviously my parents were very triggering for me. If you're still dealing with it, like, you know, I'm sending you a lot of love. Like I'm here. Um, I relate, you know what I mean? Like you're not alone. Um, Yeah. Sending so much love and healing to all of you. I love you all so much. Remember, you can have anything you want in this universe. Nothing is too big, small, wide, or expensive. I believe in you. You should believe in you. And I'll talk to you on my next episode. Bye-bye.